Flushing girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, Miss Fine. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Oh, Mr. Sheffield. It's a podcast about The Nanny, a hit sitcom from the 90s starring Fran Drescher, SAG after President Fran Drescher. I am Sean Sean DePasquale here with my co host, Toria Sheffield. That's right. And we co host this podcast for you to listen to where every week we talk about The Nanny. This week, season five, episode 17, Homey Work, which I got to say, the minute I read the title, I went, uh-oh, <laughs> are we in trouble? <laughs> but but I think they handled it pretty okay, all things considered. A little stereotypy, a couple of cringy lines. Yeah. Um, I, I was overall, delighted. I was delighted at the, quote, rapper reveal, which we'll get yes. to. Yes, <laughs> me too. I, I think overall, like, good they, – they did they did a, for the 90s, they did a pretty good job. I mean, yeah. you know, and all there was one. We'll get to it. There's one visual gag in that montage that, like, I actually laughed out loud. <laughs> same, so same. Silly. I bet you it was the same one. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's dive right into it, Toria. Tell us what is this? Give, give us a short version, and then and then let's get into it. Uh, so, as usual, Fran attempts to help Mister Sheffield by and prove her worth. Only to really screw things up for him, potential. Uh, only to let me start over. Uh, basically, Fran tries to. Uh, help Mr. Sheffield professionally and it completely backfires. So we think, um, Which, and this is, can I just, oh, can I just interject real quick? This is, I don't know why it's taken me this long, but this is the first episode where it really coalesced for me. How much this is. I love Lucy. Like, especially at this point, the show is literally just I Love Lucy. It's just like he's he's literally making shows and she comes in and she's like, Ricky, I want to help. And he's like, no, yeah. Lucy, I do everything for myself at the Club Babaloo. And she's like, oh, I can help you, Ricky. And then she like goes and she does something and she screws everything up. And then she's like, Wah. and then she like fixes it at the last minute or she puts on like a funny costume and dances around and it somehow works. It's It's Lucy. So it's so funny you say that because I just saw a clip from later this season where they like make that direct parallel in a very fun way. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So, hey, you're not crazy this time. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> For now. But, okay. Yeah. And who who directed, who wrote? Oh, so this one was written by Jane Hamill, uh, not related to Mark Hamill. It's spelled differently. And of course, Dorothy Lyman directed, as I think she's directed every episode this season, except for the one that Fran directed. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Didn't we have a Fran one a couple weeks oh, ago? Yeah, we I did. Feel like we, we did. did. Yeah. Um, and so this episode, it starts off with Niles and Gracie in the kitchen and they're arm wrestling. And it's so <laughs> sad that it's this hard for him to beat a little girl. She got um, big, though. I mean, yeah, she's, yeah, no, she's, she's like a tween now, but still, he's yeah. a grown man. <laughs> oh, well, he did just have a heart attack. So, you know, I f- okay. I yeah. I can see it more. But so we find uh, Fran comes in and it turns out that they are wrestling over who's going to get her bedroom when she and Mr. Sheffield get married and they move in together into the same bedroom. And I was like, wow, that's it's crazy that they don't share a room now that they're engaged. But, um, you know, I could see Mr. Sheffield also being very proper about certain things, especially with kids in the house. So... There's a lot of that in in the next two episodes that made me go like, oh, wow, that's weird. They're like legitimately waiting until marriage, which Mm -hmm. seemed very odd to me. And also like, like just personally, I think is like a massive mistake. (laughs) Like I don't think, (laughs) I don't think anyone should wait until marriage to have sex with someone for the first time. I think that's 
insane. Yeah, I, I really do wonder like where that creative choice came from because like this was obviously this was not I Love Lucy times when you know people had to sleep in twin beds on television no. if they were married. It was the late nineties. So so um I, I would love to be like, what what was the thinking behind like that specifically, right? Um, well, but- listen. If if SAG after goes on strike, we might have Fran might have a lot of time Ooh. on her hands. <laughs> Ooh, or we'll go Fingers find her on a picket line. We'll just show up there with microphones. Ooh, I love this idea. Um, well, then then Mr. Sheffield comes in and he tells Fran that. Well, actually, Fran tells him, she's like, "Oh, I, I think you forgot to pay me this week," and he's like, "Oh, I I didn't think I." needed to like now that we're engaged <laughs> she goes but we've always been a two-income family uh, and and he's like yeah like i it was just like it's a very funny line to like claim your two income family when, when he pays yeah i mean he yeah. he basically says like yeah but i like but your income came out of my income <laughs> like yes, what yes. <laughs> um and she's like you know you know i don't want to be just one of those wives that just stays at home and, and goes out with friends and gets her hair done and then she kind of takes a beat and she goes well okay i'll try it for a week um <laughs> and i just wrote wow can you even imagine that that's some people's lives like they just get married and then they never work again <laughs> uh, yes, crazy. i can't imagine <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch um well so then in the next scene, um, <laughs> it's also like if you think raising children does not work, then I got news. Oh no, no, no! But here's the thing: there's women who either don't have kids and don't work, or they have a full time live in nanny and don't work. Yes, that's true. That is very true. That I can't that- imagine. I feel like I would just get bored. You know what I mean? Like I'm looking forward to like. We were actually just talking about this the other day of how like I'm really looking forward to like making lunches in the morning and dropping the kids off mm-hmm. at school and then making snacks in the afternoon and picking them up and then cooking di- like I'm excited to have like stuff to do all day, you know. I feel like I could get used to I I could fill my time. I could find ways to fill my time. No, I get bored. Uh, I can only so, play so many video games. Well, then in the next scene, I love this scene because um, Mr. Sheffield and Cece are in um, the office and Mr. Sheffield's kind of like looking over the guest list and he's like, Cece, like I, I see you're not bringing a plus one to the wedding. And she's like, oh, oh, I just thought I'd go with you. <laughs> and then he's like, you know, I don't really think that's that's feasible. And then she's like, oh, okay. Can I at least catch a ride with you guys? And I was like, oh my God, this is so pathetic. It's so funny. Um, and they also then establish in this scene that they are producing a quote, hip urban musical, which which was very in vogue at the time because like bring in the noise, bring in the funk was like one yeah. of the biggest shows on Broadway. Um, so it, this actually does track in terms of like what people would probably be chasing in terms of a hit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, but Mr. Sheffield, like, he, I like, they rightfully even admit they're the two worst people to do this. <laughs> yes. Yes. He's like, I'm just not sure where we're the right people to be doing this. Yeah. And Fran goes, Fran happens to be in the room and she's like, who's more cutting edge than you? You're the one who cast Charles Nelson Riley and ripped torn in love letters, which <laughs> if you know that reference is very funny. <laughs> Because it would basically mean that he took this like cla- this classic play about like a man and a woman who've been writing love letters to each other their whole lives and like uh, basically made it a play between two gay men, which would have been very edgy for the time. Yeah. Uh, and we but also, also said- Rip Torn is one of those. Yes, men. Yes, so it's yes, like also. what the two people he- that he would have cast are very funny. Yeah. It would be like the two biggest clowns of the of the era. Coach um, and Rip Torn. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and so um. 
we also established that Cece's like really struggling with this wedding and the fact that it's like char- that Mr. Sheffield and uh, Fran getting married is like a real thing. And she's kind of trying to like assert her dominance wherever she can in terms of like the business partner over romantic partner relationship. Um, and it's not and working. And it's mm-hmm. she's physically the most pregnant we've seen. Like the actress is now at peak <laughs> pregnancy, which will come into play at the end of this episode. Oh, yes. Yes, it will. Um, and so well, then we cut to Fran and Sylvia, and they are meeting with a wedding planner. And it's like the tasting and stuff like that. And Fran is kind of complaining to Sylvia about how like, oh, you know, Mr. Sheffield wants her to stop working, and she doesn't know how she feels about it. And in my head, I'm like, why does he want her to stop working? Like, she literally has the role of wife and child care provider already. But I, I guess maybe it's the money thing, which I do understand. Um, right. And- I don't think it's that he wants her to stop doing what she's doing. He's just like, I'm not going to continue to pay you to do this. That's insane. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Well, then, but Sylvia's like, you know, honey, no, like you, you need to, you know, stop working and and, and just, you know, you're going to be the man behind the woman, which I, I, I do hate that idea. Like, um, I mean, I guess it's fine if you're framing it as like, no, 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 like every successful person usually has a partner that like enables them to be successful and that person's work is like incredibly valuable as well. But it's like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think Sylvia was more like, no, 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 like you be the secret puppet master as um, and don't take credit. <laughs> oh, but- I didn't get that. I didn't get that. I got the first thing off of that mm-hmm. line. I got her basically being like, look, man. You get to be the person that's like behind it. Like, like, sure, he's like a very powerful, important man, but like, you're going to be taking care of like his life as she has been, to be fair. Yeah. You know, I mean, and as Niles, it points out in the next episode, Niles as well. <laughs> so it's, it's not like that. That's the thing is in this situation, Fran like has like half her job is like already taken care of for her. Like, she doesn't have to like make dinner or fold laundry mm-hmm. or like she doesn't have to do any of that stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think I just like I I dislike the idea of that like women not getting the credit for being half of a success well, story. That's the problem, right? Is the is women or men, right? I mean, now yeah. like there are plenty of stay at home dads, and it's like, and it's like, but isn't that always like the case, right? Where it's like a lot of times like the credit isn't i mean more often for women obviously where it's like oh she's just us she's just a stay-at-home mom you know and it's mm-hmm. like yeah i guess but like that enables her husband to work all the time <laughs> and like mm-hmm. <laughs> and not have his children like just be abandoned and like have yeah. like a parent there all the time and like i you know ideally like he comes home to a clean house we would assume and like gets to eat dinner that she's made so it's like i don't know like and she probably like schedules all his appointments and make sure he goes to the dentist oh like, i need a, i need a wife i mean what am i complaining about kyle does everything for me <laughs> i like how yeah, I'm like, well that's what i was gonna say like i do all of that for elizabeth she's she like works really hard and like i don't so <laughs> um, um when if kyle happens to not be home when i come home he puts the fish food in front of the door so that i will remember to do the barest minimum <laughs> and feed my own fish <laughs> um but so okay oh there was a lot i was just circling back to this wedding planner scene there was a funny line though when um 
Fran turns to the wedding planner and she goes, he's from drinkers, we're from eaters. So let's plan yes. the menu accordingly, <laughs> which is so yes. true. That, that's so spot on with my fam- with my English and then Jewish side. Um, uh, same. And so- great, great line. Also, I really liked, it's the wedding of a century. And then Sylvia going, yeah, it took that long to happen. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. Um, And then in the next scene, we go back to the mansion and uh, Sylvia and Fran get home. Yetta and Sammy are sitting on the couch. And Sylvia goes, we're leaving in an hour, so start getting your coats on. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Sammy asked Fran if she could help his nephew get a job uh, on one of Mr. Sheffield's shows. And she, he's like, you know, he's a rapper. He's really great. He's work, He's rapped for Puff Daddy. And Fran instantly sees this as her chance to like, quote, be the woman behind the man and sort of like, you know, show that she's going to be a really good partner professionally to Mr. Sheffield and help with this new hit musical. And so then we cut to Mr. Sheffield in his office and he and Cece, they're like frantic to get a star for this new show um, because they're presenting to investors that week and they don't have anybody. And so Fran comes in and she's like, I've got like, I've got the answer to your problems. I found a guy. He's actually a relative, which I love. Um, I do love how quickly their family globs onto relatives. Um, yeah. And but then Mr. Shavell, this was super patronizing. He's literally like, "You shouldn't be worrying your pretty little head about this. You should be planning our wedding." And Fran's like, "Uh, the guy route for Puff Daddy, who now listeners would know as P Diddy or Sean Puffycombs, because he's had a couple name reincarnations since then." But anyway, AKA um, Sean John, which is also oh, right. okay. my middle name. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay i know i just forgot so anyway so but then this turns the tables on mr sheffield and now when he hears that like oh my god this guy has rapped for puff daddy and he's like oh oh, okay okay um and then because mr sheffield's like oh we actually even asked puff daddy and he turned us down and fran goes you didn't bore him with your mary martin trivia did you and mr sheffield's like most people don't know oh i'm using a fran voice for a mr sheffield voice but he goes um most people don't know he's Mary Martin's son, which is very <laughs> funny trivia, and it's true. Yep. Um, because uh, Mary Martin played Peter Pan. Yeah. And well, because, oh, because, sorry, no, he goes, most people don't know that Larry Hagman is Mary Martin's son. That was actually yeah. the line. Larry Hagman was JR on Dallas. So that was some good trivia. Um, and so Mr. Sheffield, like, decides God, to get I feel like now we have to stop and explain what Dallas was. Oh, God. We'll just we'll cut it all. We'll cut it all. Um, but, yeah. So Mr. Sheffield's like, oh, wow, this is actually fantastic. Like, And he's going to give her a chance on this. Um, and then the next day, Fran is in the living room, and Sammy arrives with his nephew, Irwin. And this is the really fun reveal that we were mentioning at the beginning. Um, first of all, his nephew is played by rapper Coolio, who was like huge, huge rapper of this era. And yeah. the thing is, though, he's playing a guy named Irwin who is a super shy nerd, like literally has like the glasses with the like tape in the middle and like the yeah, suit. pocket protector. Uh, yeah. And Fran's like, you dress like that to sing? And he's like, I don't sing. And she's like, oh, well, then why did your uncle tell me you're a rapper? And he goes, I am. I use bows, ribbons. <laughs> and he realized he's a present rapper professionally. And then she's like, then why did he tell me you wanted a job on Broadway? And he goes, well, I live close. I figured I could just walk. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like such, it's just so funny and like uh, silly. And, and Fran's like devastated because it's going to be a huge disaster. Um and then later that day, Fran, she's in the living room with Sammy and Irwin, and now she's, like, freaking out. She's like, do you realize Maxwell Sheffield has one of the most famous composers on Broadway coming to listen to a 
gift wrapper from Crate and Barrel. And he's like, Pottery Barn, we were there first. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, and then Erwin tries to sing and he's really not that good. And Mr. Sheffield comes in and he sees that like this is the quote incredible rapper that was promised and then he freaks out and like drags Fran out of there and he's livid and he's like why did I think this would be different just because we're engaged and then he also calls her Miss Fine which I thought was emotionally abusive because I think like if you're engaged to someone you can't cut back to calling them Miss Fine as if you're cordial professionals (laughs) I was like that's so mean yeah, it's very mean. It's it's because it's like very withholding. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, that's it's like cool, that's right? how we're gonna play. Uh, but yeah. so then we we cut to this really silly, funny montage um, where it's basically like Fran, who who only knows about like quote rap or hip hop culture from stuff she's probably seen on TV, where she's trying to transform this really nerdy guy who also knows nothing about it and it's so one thing about coolio is he had like these sig a signature hairstyle right that like that's what he yes. you know a big part of his look and yes. so in this very in this twisty world, very like twisty spiky cornrows basically yeah what it, what it and she's giving it to him but she as a middle-aged white woman is doing it by looking at a picture of Bo derrick which probably <laughs> would be her biggest cultural reference and understanding yes. because Bo Derek famously cornrows. like yeah. like wore corn cornrows as a white woman and everyone was like yes. oh amazing and you know basically yeah. the african-american community is like fuck you guys we've been doing this for years and there's a huge cultural significance to us yes. but now that this white lady does it it's cool but like cool. it was very realistic that that would be who fran first thought of yeah <laughs> uh, totally and then the next the next thing is where I laughed out loud because so she has him wrapping a Christmas present, right? Or like a holiday present. And he's like, he's like, she's like showing him like, Hey, you take the paper with one hand and you move it. You take the paper with another. And then she removes the actual paper and has him just do the motion. (laughs) And then she's like, and that's how you should be moving your arm. (laughs) It's, it's, but it's all very visual. So even describing it's a little hard, but I would say then the, one of the funniest parts is, um, He's not looking cool. And then Yetta walks by in one of her oversized, like, tracksuit jackets. And then in the next scene, Julio is wearing it, which is also pretty realistic based on Yetta's wardrobe. Yes, it worked so well. Like, the best. That was my favorite joke in the whole episode. Yeah, it was very funny. Um, And so – so she's kind of – you know, we've we've done that sort of, like, miscongeniality montage, but it's it's turning, like – super geek into guy who can rap and it is very funny because coolio is such a famous rapper at the time and it was just fun to see him playing against type um and then in the next scene um maxwell and cc they're conducting auditions with the famous composer they're working with who's actually played by a guy named tk carter and he and fran drescher had previously co-starred together in a couple things like he was in dr detroit and something else so i wonder if she like knew him and was friends with him or if it was just like random that they circled back around but yeah yeah, given what we kind of know about how like Fran and Peter like often brought in people they had like friendships with I wouldn't be surprised if they were like oh he'd be great for this um yeah the auditions are a disaster they're not finding anyone good and actually this uh composer he's he's basically like you know I don't think we can work together like we are not on the same page but just as he's gonna leave 
he, they hear a beat coming from the living room <laughs> and they go out to investigate and it's so Irwin. Silly. It says that Irwin is crushing it in a rap, which I can only imagine was written by Fran. <laughs> Like it makes no sense. Niles is trying to do quote cool. No, I mean rap. I think the implication is that all of a sudden he's fully he's, turned into he's fully transformed into Coolio now. Well, and he did. He like writes and raps, and he just like has flow. Well, I was thinking about it. They did try to explain this earlier in the episode because when Fran's like, "This is a disaster," he's like, "Well, no, like give me a shot." You know, my uncle Sammy's a great piano player. Maybe some of that musical talent like got passed on to me. So they do try to explain, like, there's a shot this guy is a uh, secret genius. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Makes perfect sense to me. It's so silly. It's so silly. (laughs) And, you know, know, he's rapping really well, and Niles is dancing like the biggest dork. It's so painful to watch. Oh, my God. It's painful. It's so painful. I will say that Fran has has some pretty good uh, moves. I mean, but still, it's two, yeah, it's like, two white people bad. trying to yeah. <laughs> trying their best to seem cool based on stuff they clearly saw on TV. Yeah, but the composer is impressed, and he's like, "Maxwell, hot damn, you've done it!" <laughs> and uh, it all works out. <laughs> it's so <laughs> absurd. It's so absurd. Uh, and Fran saved the day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Instead of like maybe I like how it's like Fran saved the day, not. Uh, Irwin saved the day by being a yeah. genius, but that that yeah. does check out with our yeah. with our or culture. Not Sammy saved the day by introducing her to him in the first place, but yeah, yeah no, sure. The white lady, the white lady did everything. True white savior. Um, so then uh, they head into Mr. Sheffield's office to work out. <laughs> they, they they head into Mr. Sheffield's office uh, to I'm, like. <laughs> I'm foreshadowing Cece's breakdown <laughs> oh. by having one myself. <laughs> Um, they they walk into Mr. Sheffield's office and they end up slamming the door on Miss uh, on Cece's face without realizing yeah. it because she's like now so irrelevant because it's now like oh Fran just not only took her place as like the main woman in his in Mr. Sheffield's life but now she's taking over like professional stuff and Cece literally literally responds by by looking around and this was really funny she's like because. Uh, Niles is like, is everything all right, Miss Babcock? And, and she's like, I, I'm, I'm frightened. I, I don't want to be alone. And she rushes out. And then Niles is like, oh, well, she finally went crackers. And then he goes into the other room and she's like, mama, mama, is that you? <laughs> Niles literally calls a psychiatrist uh, because she's had a complete mental breakdown. <laughs> uh, uh, and that, great. I mean, it's also pretty dark. <laughs> Oh, it's super dark. Like they, because then they, like they, they, like Chester comes in and like the button, right? And like we realize that like they've act like they're now watching Chester because she's in a mental institution. Yes, yes. It's Gracie comes in with Chester, and she's like, "How long do we get to keep him?" And Fran goes, "Oh, until Miss Babcock gets released. I mean, comes home." Uh, but the real, I think the real significant part of that button is she's like. You know, it's funny. Usually when a pet misses its master, it just mopes around all day whimpering. Yeah. And then Niles comes in looking super depressed. Yes, so which all- they're setting up for next episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and then there's another button, weirdly. Yes. It's like a button on the button <laughs> where Fran comes in to the living room and Sammy is there with Yetta and Sammy's like, hey, my niece wants to sing at your wedding. And- you know, uh, 
uh, Fran's like, no, 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 no. Like, I, because, I, you know, thinking like, oh, she's not like a real singer. And then he's like, all right, I'll tell Aretha. And she's like, wait, Aretha? And then she's like, oh my God, yes, that's amazing. And she runs out to tell Mr. Sheffield. And then he he calls the DM, Sammy calls the DMV and he goes, can I speak to Aretha Jones? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so good. Yep. So stupid. But so very so <laughs> I love that we get some Ray Charles. I just love that Ray Charles and Yellow are married. It's so Me funny too. and random. It's amazing. It's amazing. I, and then they got him to come back for multiple episodes. It's I know. So How random. <laughs> Segments? Segments. And now, segments. So, segments. Yeah, no, I think we should move on to segments. I I just say we can move on to our segments. And now, segments. Segments uh, with Sean and Toria. I really depend on the segment theme to like jazz me up for the second half of the show. It really I really does. do. Like I, I dance and I'm like, yeah, all right, we're doing yeah, segments I, now. Like I was also <laughs> grooving. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, so lines and moments. Mm, uh, we did I, a lot of mine. Um, I, I really liked yeah. when uh, when Fran was you know, voicing her worries to Sylvia about like not having a job. And, you know, Sylvia's like, you know, you got to, you're going to be the woman behind the man. She goes, do you know where your father would be today if I hadn't pushed him? And Fran goes, not collecting disability? And Sylvia like <laughs> nods knowingly, like, that's right. Yeah. It's great. It's great. <laughs> and um, then there, oh, the, my only other favorite line that we hadn't said is once, um, Irwin gets the job and everyone's like excitedly running over to Mr. Sheffield's office. He pulls Fran aside and he, um, and, she, and he's like, wow, he's Fran. He's like, Fran, thank you so much. This is so fat. And then fat meaning pretty hot and tempting, which was very commonly said at that time. And she goes, Oh, Irwin, I know that that is a good thing, but please don't say it so near my name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, yeah. And we did the, the mixed family. He's from drinkers. I'm from eaters is really, really, really strong. And then my yikes line of the episode is Maxwell in describing the rap musical says, it's about violent gangs that fight in the streets and every so often stop to sing poignantly about it. And I just, I literally in my notes wrote, yikes. <laughs> Jesus <Yes>. Christ. <laughs> no, I guess if you're thinking from, uh. it's, it's, if he's thinking from a, no, there's no way. I was like, because that is West Side Story also, but- also yeah, kind of, you know, no, it's not, not good. Not, not good. Not, not good. good. Um, and then there's another did not age well line, which is uh, uh, Cece's worried about being pushed aside. And Niles goes, oh, when Yoko married John, that didn't break up the Beatles, did it? And then Cece's like, no. But like, look, it didn't. Stop it. Just I think – I know. I agree. I'm a huge Yoko fan. I freaking love Yoko. But, Yoko. but, but I do think, yeah, I, I think that, uh, most people in our culture are not that into Beatles like Lord that they have an opinion either way. Or like they probably still are like yeah that yeah probably Yoko broke them yeah up, she but. yeah she broke up the band but that's not what happened she did not they were all well, no but that's because we love the Beatles and we love that documentary that came out that's right <laughs> oh my god get back <laughs> only on Disney Plus while they still let it be up there until they decide to take it down and put it in a vault because that's it what was so good media companies do now 
I'm like so scared we're not going to make it to the end of this show that HBO one day is just going to be like, all right, taking the nanny off. Well, no, so we're going to do a power hour, like a power two weeks in September, I think, and get so far yeah. ahead. Okay. We're going to try. Oh, all right. So oh, for Yiddish, <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, depending on when you're listening. Um, and, okay. So Yiddish, I didn't really hear Yiddish, but they did mention a food called kishki, which is, yeah. uh, I forget why now. Sometimes, sometimes I write it down and then I don't, I think I'm going to remember when they said it in the episode, but kishki is, it's stuffed derma, which mm-hmm. sounds so nasty, but it's, it's probably delicious. But, um, so it's, it's a Jewish dish traditionally made from flour or matzo meal, schmaltz and mm-hmm. spices in modern mm-hmm. cooking, synthetic casings often replace beef intestine because it's like put in yep. a beef intestine. It's delicious. Mm, yeah, it's man. like sausage, you know? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I mean that's all sausages. In, yeah, just meat stuffed in case. I think just calling it derma, like dermis, <laughs> makes you really think about it. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, almost anything you eat that comes from an animal, if you actually think about it, you're like, oh, but it's so yummy. <laughs> um, but so uh, for right. trivia, yes. I'm gonna hit, hit people with some coolio trivia. Uh, so again, he was an incredibly famous uh, artist in the '90s, um, and then he kind of segued into like a lot of weird B movie acting. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, he, his full name it, it was artist Leon Irvy Jr. He was born in 1963, mm-hmm. and he was a Grammy winning artist. He was best known for Gangster's Paradise, which I would think people like 20 to 25 and younger would, would know that song because it, it's such a yeah, hit song. It's a classic. Like, that, yeah. song that, that song is definitely a classic. Yeah. Everybody knows Gangster Paradise. Yeah. I mean, it became one of the, I'm reading this from, um, it's from Wikipedia, but um, it became one of the most successful rap songs of all time, topping the Billboard Hot 100 for three weeks. It was the number one single of 1995 in the U.S. for all genres, which is incredible. And if you don't know Gangster Paradise, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Oh, okay. I'm getting there. <laughs> don't, don't step on my toes. Uh, for all, it was it was uh, number one for all genres. It was a global hit. Um, but the song created controversy when Coolio claimed that comedy musician Weird Al had not asked for permission to make his parody song uh Amish paradise <laughs> because the real song is like living in a gangster's paradise and weird Oz was living in an Amish paradise. <laughs> it was so funny. It it goes <laughs> it's so funny. It's okay. He goes, he goes, because the original goes, we you're spending most our lives living in a gangster paradise. And then the and then they repeat it, right? Spending most okay. But then <laughs> the weird owl one goes, We're spending most our lives living in an Amish paradise. I turn butter once or twice living in an Amish <laughs> paradise. It's hard work and sacrifice living in an Amish paradise. And then my favorite line, we sell quilts at discount price living in an Amish. <laughs> It was so funny, and it's such a bummer that um, I mean, I just wish Coolio was cooler about it, I guess. But um, I, but also I'll say that uh, the song won uh, the award for best rap solo performance at the 1996 Grammy Awards. Um, yeah, for Weird Al, and it was fucked up. Wait, what? No, I'm joking. Oh, Coolio. Oh, <laughs> 
got so okay. confused. Really I, no, no, I, thought, I thought that maybe like the Amish Paradise had also won a Grammy and then that would be. Um, no, no so, in my joke, in my joke, they gave it to Weird Al and not to Coolio. Well, talk about, talk about white savior theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, great job. Well, also um, there, well, actually, no, talking, really talking about white savior theme. Um, It was yeah, a song that was. It prominently featured in a Michelle Pfeiffer movie uh, called Dangerous Ugh. Minds. Yes. And this was just like, you know, this was honestly a theme well into the 2000s too with like um, The Last King of Scott. I mean, it's a million things, but basically, yes, like white person comes in and it's about like their struggle in the environment of like trying to better uh, the situation for non-white yeah. people. But it's like they're the central focus as opposed to yes. like – all of the many stories you could be telling about the people that are like in that situation. Nope. Um, but uh, anyway, I do. I no, did. It was just, it was so hard for that white lady to teach those black kids. <laughs> so hard. But so I hard. will say that song was in the trailer and I remember it really well. Yeah. Same. Uh, it's a great song. For the Fran or the Cece uh, or the whoever. Yeah. I had a lot of trouble relating to anyone in this episode uh, just because it was so specific, you know? I, yeah. I, it was like there wasn't like anything universal happening. Uh, you know, I'm, I don't relate to Fran like worrying about not working anymore. <laughs> if anything, I was just jealous of her. <laughs> I feel like it's so funny. Normally, I come very unprepared and I think of it in the last second and I normally can't find anyone that I really like you normally give me who I relate to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this week I wrote down also I'm the CC <laughs> because we are, I mean, not when this episode comes out, this will be long in my past, uh, but we are currently six days away from the wedding. And mm-hmm. I feel I like I'm not stressed at all about getting married. Like that part is like very exciting. I can't wait to be married. I love this person more than I've ever loved anything in my entire life. And uh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, well, no, the, 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 the commitment is not the part that's stressful. It's not the stressful part. The planning, mm-hmm. the the cost of everything, the like weird hidden things that no one told us we were going to have to pay for that are mm. insanely expensive. Like, oh, we have some candles, so now we have to get a fire permit for four hundred dollars. It's oh just like God. liability insurance. No one told me I had to get liability insurance for this wedding. Like, Wait, for, so like uh, if someone just, falls or something, if anything goes what? wrong, it's, dude. Oh, for like anyway. Like, okay, okay. Needless to say. I am currently sitting in a padded cell recording this episode on my phone that I hid in my butt when they committed me to this <laughs> mental asylum that I will spend the next weekend until they wheel me out and I get married to my beloved. Oh, man. <laughs> so anyway, uh, that's why I feel like I'm the CC this week. But uh, but I'm you know again, this is all in my pa- in in the when you're hearing this, it's in the past for me, and I'm mm-hmm. chilling like a villain and happily married. So it's all, mm-hmm. it's all just, we're just in the crunch zone. Um, you and, also like Cece, uh, you have a large parasite growing in your stomach. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not a tumor, so it's fine. I don't know. Uh, all right. On that note, uh, we are available online on Instagram at oh Mr. Chef Pod, And while it still lasts, we are also on Twitter, but you got to get in it while you're able to see us because you only are allowed to look at 600 tweets a day now. And uh, so we hope that one of our tweets will be one of your 600. Just get <laughs> off that, that place. 
that place is stomp their fires. Just stop. God. All right, but okay. All right, uh, so, and also uh, rate us and review and all that good stuff. And we love you. And uh, what what do you got, Toria? That's all. That's it. I okay. love you. I love you guys. Right. I love you guys. You guys. My- Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. The flashing girl from Flushing. Name Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. <laughs> <laughs>